Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. Have you had a good start to the new year? Okay, so a bit, a bit of hesitation going into the new year, I see. You had a good summer? Okay, so this is where I ask questions, you answer back. It's, it's quite simple. But you've had a good summer? Okay, now here's a tricky question. Are you pleased to be back in church? Yeah, there's, okay. So I've got to ask the right questions, I see. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Waitangi, Happy Queen's Birthday, whatever we're up to. It is so good to see so many of your faces here in church this morning. Thank you so much for making it a priority to worship and gather together to lift him up. And I'm just so pleased to, to see you, and I can't wait for a coffee after the service to catch up and hear all about how your summer has been. What was, the, what was my highlight of the summer? Well, thanks for asking. Um, the highlight of my summer was we actually spent a few days down the Marlborough Sounds. I don't know if you've ever been to the Marlborough Sounds. Um, absolutely beautiful with some of our best friends. And for the moments that we weren't sat on the beach with our books, okay, we were out cruising around the Sounds in their boat. And it was bliss. And we got burnt. No, we actually, we actually did fairly well, but we had a really great few days um, just spending uh, some time pottering around the Marlborough Sounds. You've, I hope you've found some time over the summer to do the things that you find relaxing, the things that restore your soul. Whatever it is that, I, that you find relaxing, I pray that you've had time uh, to do those things over the last few months. And now as we launch back into 2022, not only as a church, but as people head back to work, that you're ready again to live on mission. Your soul is refreshed and you're ready to go again into all that God has called us into this year. Now when we were up in the Marlborough Sounds, we actually did a little spot of fishing. Now I don't know if you've been up there before, but there is some good fishing to be had up there. And my, my Sarah and our good friend Ben are fisher people. You know, the ones with all the different lines and the tackle and the bait, and it's got to be in the right place at the right time with the right size hooks, and you, you, you know the people. Um, well, to be honest, the first two days, they didn't have a great amount of success. Uh, so when we stopped in Havelock on our way out to the Pelora Sound on our third day, we had to get the better bait because it was the bait's fault, obviously. Uh, it was, we had to get better hooks, because the hooks weren't small enough or weren't big enough, obviously. Um, I'm not sure if you're picking up, but they're, f- they're fisher people. Are you picking up? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fisher person. I don't like fishing. Let me tell you why. Because perhaps you'll agree with me. Are there any other non-fisher people here? Okay. And before I offend too many people, are there any fisher people here? Yeah, this will be fun. Okay. There's a lot of waiting in fishing. There is. A lot of waiting. I'm working on it, but I'm not a super patient person. And you have to sit or stand with your rod. And you wait and you wait and you wait. And then you reel it back in. There's nothing there. And then eventually you catch something and you reel it into the boat and then you let it out again and then you reel it back in and you're wearing the fish in and out and it's tiring. It's not only have I had to wait, but now I'm exhausted. It gets worse. Because then you get it in the boat 
Well, no, actually, before you get it in the boat, you know you're just about to hook it with a net, and then it gets off the hook and swims away? It's full of disappointments as well. Then you get it into the boat, then you have to deal with it. And it's gross and slimy, and you have to scale it and gut it and fillet it. And The next bit, I can deal with the next bit, cooking it and eating it. If that was, the, if that was fishing, count me in. I love cooking and eating it. But the process of fishing, no thank you. I will tell you though, those few days that we potted around the sounds fishing, I did have a fabulous time watching the enjoyment of my friends reeling in fish or trying to reel in fish. And I even contributed by helping get the hooks out occasionally and throwing the small ones back. Thank you, that was a big step for me. When I was thinking about Sarah and Ben reeling the fish in, watching them drop in line after line, letting the smaller fish eat all the bait, and then pulling up an empty line, that's pretty much what fishing is, pulling an empty line after the fish have eaten your bait, I think about if they'd just let the disappointments of pulling in line after line of empty fish, they'd never have let down their net again. They'd never have put their line back in the water to pull it back up. If they'd just gone, well, every time I put it in, I pull up nothing, why would you ever put it down again? If they let the experience of reeling in nothing become their expectation, I think very quickly they'd lose the joy and lose focus of their purpose and what they were trying to achieve. But there's that one time that you catch something big. That one time you reel in a beautiful big cod or you've been wrestling with a kingfish and you finally land it. That that motivation that encourages you to carry on through all of the disappointments, through all of the places that don't quite work, through all those things where you don't catch anything. And to their credit, although there were a lot of empty lines, they did catch enough fish for us to have lunch one day as we pulled up on a beach and it was delicious. I have a question this morning. Will the circumstances and experiences of, last, of the last season draw us closer to God or lead us to walk away? Will the circumstances and experiences of, last, of the last season draw us closer to God or lead us to walk away? At the beginning of each year, there'll be many people who make New Year's resolutions Some make deals with God or decide upon patterns of their life and the way they now want to do things going forward, things they want to achieve. But I wonder if the uncertainty or the unknown of the previous seasons has led us to decide that it's maybe not worth setting those goals, not quite worth articulating what we want to achieve, or is it really worth doing what we're trying to do? Have we let the disappointments of any last seasons determine our expectations for for this year? Have we let the the experiences that let us down in our last seasons to tell us where we're going this year? My question would be, are we focusing on the right things? Because even when I think about the difficulties of gathering or not gathering as a church and being online of last year, we also had some massive wins in our last seasons. We baptised so many people last year. We planted a campus here last year. New people have joined us. 
We've served our community. We've supported people with food boxes and Christmas boxes. We've spent a series intentionally engaging with the Holy Spirit. We continually chose to put Christ at the center of our personal lives, of our families, of our work, and of our finance. And the church has continued to grow as a result of people meeting Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that we should ignore all the experiences that let us down or the disappointments, that they can help us learn and grow and make wise choices in the future. But we can remember that God is in control. It is hope that has saved us. It is grace, the extravagant gift that God gave us in his son Jesus, that we might live in complete freedom. Will we let Jesus take the lead of our lives in 2022? Will we let his experience, his perspective, guide us again this year? That as we serve Christ through our business, through our jobs, through our local church, that as we do that, we are serving Christ and walking others on a journey towards knowing Jesus. Now, I know sometimes it can be disappointing I know last time you talked to someone about Jesus or tried to bring up a conversation of faith, it got awkward or ended a friendship or the boss became annoyed because all of a sudden you didn't want to work Sundays anymore or it changed the way your colleagues at work talked or engaged with you at work. I know that moment that you thought you were stepping out in faith and would lead to someone's salvation just ended in awkwardness. But we are witnesses. But we have received grace. But we have freedom. And we know that we are loved by God. So what can man do to me? What can those disappointments do? The Bible says in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, if we answered that question, who can be against us? Honestly, a lot of things can be against you. Disappointments are against you. But the sentiment here is not to list all the things that could or will go wrong, but to remember that it is God who is for you. You know God? Alpha and Omega? Beginning and end, he's a pretty big deal. The author of our stories, the one who sent Jesus that we might have salvation, he is for you. And if he is for you, then you can with confidence walk into all that he is commanding and calling you into. If God is for us, who can be against us? So will we let our past experiences of an awkward conversation Determine who we will try and share the message of hope that we have this year. Or will we let the confidence that we have in the gospel carry us through to conversion conversations, to the beginning of a conversation with someone about Jesus? Over the last few days, I've been reading the book of Ruth in my Bible. And many of you will know this story, but Naomi and her husband Elimelech had moved to the country of Moab. And then their two, their two sons had um, found two lovely Moabite 
women and they got married and they'd set up a, a life over many years. And after living there for more than 10 years, Elimelech and his two sons passed away, leaving Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth, all on their own. Now in these times, if the husbands passed away, you would marry your husband's brother or you would marry someone close in the family. But they'd moved to a far-off country and there was two sons and they had both died, leaving them completely alone and with the uncertainty and without the security of what their life was going to be. And so they make a plan to go back to Naomi's homeland. But as as they're preparing to leave, Naomi turns to Opa and to Ruth and says with tears in her eyes, Look, your prospects with me aren't great. This is not what you had planned. I'm getting old and I'm not going to have any more kids. And even if I had another kid right now, would you wait another 20 years till he gets old enough to marry? No. You'd be better off just going home. Go back to your parents. Go back to their security. Go back to what you know, to your people, to your gods. It'll be easier. Going with me, I'm going back to a little bit of uncertainty. So go and hopefully you will find favor and you'll find another husband who'll be good to you. And they all sat together, these three women, Naomi, Opa, and Ruth, and they wept about the possibilities of the future and remembered what had happened in the past. And we see the two sisters, the two sister-in-laws make two very different choices. As they both sit and listen to Naomi, about the previous experiences that they've had and what the future might hold. Opa realizes that the last few months have actually been really tough. She's lost her husband and her future is not looking great. And the next few months and years will be hard. It'll be unknown. She'll be moving to a people who don't know her, to a place where God is not her gods that she grew up with. And that what Naomi is saying to her is absolutely justified. And so she looks at the experiences she's had and the unknown of her future. And she makes the decision to go back to her family. To leave Naomi and the God that we know. And back to the comfort of a once known dwelling place. A place that she had grown up in. And the truth is we don't know the rest of Opa's story. Perhaps she lived in peace. Perhaps she lived alone, unable to let go of her sadness and the experiences she had. What I do know is that we're not called to go back to comfort. God is not against us living well. God is not against us enjoying what we do have, of enjoying where we are at. But we're also called to advance the kingdom, to make known his son, to step into conversations that lead others to experience God. And then we see the other sister-in-law, Ruth. And Ruth in her tears, seeing, hearing, having lived the same experiences as Opa, chose to focus on different perspective. And she makes a different choice. She knows of how good her life with Naomi has been. She knows the faithfulness of Naomi's God. She knows that even though there will be tough times, that there is uncertainty that there is also a closeness that she is unwilling to let go of. Just because her circumstances have changed, 
does not mean that the faithfulness of God in Naomi has. So she chooses to remain with Naomi and to travel into the future with her. And we see that although Ruth and Naomi, their situation doesn't change overnight. There's still hard work ahead for them. But the faithfulness of God is clearly displayed in Ruth's choice. She just happens to be gleaning wheat in Boaz's field. She just happens to be there when Boaz comes along to visit the workers. She follows the guidance of Naomi and Boaz, if you haven't caught up, Boaz is her future husband, takes notice, resulting in more than what they ever could have hoped for. Generosity poured out on them. See, when our circumstances, have, when our circumstances change, the goodness of God does not. When circumstances change, we can stay close to God or we can walk away and turn away from God. Sometimes it is right for us to move on from the disappointments, move from one space into a new place. Ruth and Naomi left the Moab country for their home country. It's a little like our fishing. If we were having no luck catching any fish there, we didn't just keep fishing in the same spot. We moved the boat round to another point. But here's the point, we did not give up fishing. Just because the conversation last time ended a little awkwardly does not mean we give up having conversations of faith. Just because it ended in a way that I wasn't expecting to doesn't mean that the next person I come across I could have a conversation about Jesus. Are we called to live, and where, to live where all is known, to a life of comfort? I don't think so. Time after time, we see examples of men and women in our Bible being called into unknown places, to unknown circumstances. And if we live with the perspective that we can determine our steps based on past experiences, I would hazard a guess that we might not move very far at all. We might not ever step out to live again on mission, which is exactly where God is calling us to live to a life that engages people who do not yet know him or who once knew him but have walked away. Those who don't yet know of his goodness and his faithfulness. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And then verse 7 goes on to say this, Do not be wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Do not let your own experiences determine where you go, but trust in God. Fear the Lord. Listen to His voice. And not only will He direct your paths, but it'll bring health and well-being to your whole body. So as you plan and dream and consider 2022, reflect on the past experiences. Remember them. They are part of your story, part of leading you to where you are now. But in faith, remember Jesus. Consider what God is saying, where God is calling you. You may have not caught any fish in a long time, it may have been a while since you were bold enough to have to let down your fishing line, to throw out your net and have a conversation of faith. 
Can I encourage you, in faith, would you let down your line again this year? In faith, believe again that salvations will happen, that miracles will take place, that the Holy Spirit will meet with people. God's church will advance. People will be baptized. Friends will ask questions. Family members will come to faith. Prodigals will walk through these doors. Remember when God showed up last time? Remember the joy of the Holy Spirit with you? And we will trust again and we will go fishing again and we will let down our line because we know the joy that has been before is also ahead of us. We won't let the circumstances and the experiences and the disappointments that let us down determined the conversations that we'll have with people. Have you considered 2022 and counted yourself out of the mission? Can I invite the band up to join me? Have you counted yourself out of the mission this year? Decided that this year you're just going to cruise through You deserve it because the last season has been tough. And please hear me, there are seasons when we rest. There are times when we call are called to solitude with Jesus. But they are seasons and they are moments. We are called to live a life of mission. This year we are a church who does not just do mission. We are a church on mission. Let's believe and pray in action that more people who do not yet know the person of Jesus would make first-time decisions to follow him. That they would make first-time decisions to follow him and they would join his church. Maybe it would be this church. Maybe it would be a church down the road. But let's pray that all gatherings of people who love Jesus would thrive. That this year would see business people from the church expand their businesses with the goodness of God on full display. That other people, clients would ask questions, would seek out the wisdom and advice that would ultimately point people to Jesus. That in your job, you would have conversations of faith that people would come to know the hope of Jesus. Would you stand with me if you're able this morning? Perhaps you've been in church for the last while and looking around, there are so many others doing such a great job at serving Christ through their church and serving on a Sunday as well. Do you know, it's not just about serving people and not just about serving because people are needed for roles, even though we need people to serve in roles. It's not about just serving because we serve the church as an institution. We don't just serve because a pastor or a volunteer says, hey, would you join the team? Would you go and do this for me? Although they will likely ask you to join teams. We serve because it's about our personal relationship with Christ. We serve out of a love for Christ. We serve Him. And we can serve Him, we can serve Jesus through our church but not just our church. We can serve Him in our jobs. We can serve Him in our families. We can serve Him in the way we raise our children. 
or interact with our grandchildren, or interact with our nieces and nephews, interact with our family friends. With all people, we can live on mission, not because that's something we've been told to do, but out of a love for Christ, I can't help but tell people about the goodness of God. Some of those times might be disappointing. Might not always be great experiences. But just like fishing, we know that there will be times when we can catch something. And the enjoyment of that, that that person would come into the house of God, would know freedom in Jesus. There might be a lot of lines that we pull up empty. A lot of people that we talk to who the conversation doesn't really go anywhere. But we don't stop fishing. I don't know how you left 2021, what your mindset was. I don't know all of your situations or or where your relationship with God is at. But no matter what your circumstance, no matter how much things have changed for the good or the difficult, our God remains good. Our God is still trustworthy. So I'm going to invite you as as we go back into a time of worship, that if you need to do some time with God, if you need to leave some of the disappointments or the expectations that you've fallen into, and that you're letting determine your steps or the conversations or the boldness that you have, that as a physical action, if you'd like to just come and just put them down at the foot of the, at the, foot of the altar here, maybe just step out of your seat, stand into the aisle, Move something. Maybe lift your hands if it's not something you normally do, but in some way just acknowledge to God, hey, I'm laying down my expectations. I'm laying down my disappointments of what I've experienced in the past. Let me have your eyes. Let me have your perspective. Let me have the boldness to go out and do, go fishing again, to have conversations again. Believe that you and your family, your church family, would go from strength to strength as you trust in Him this year. Would you ask yourself this question? Will the circumstances and experiences I've had in the last season draw me closer to God or lead me away? As we worship, surrender again. Give him your yes again to his plans this year. God bless. Let's worship.